sure staying on uh, on top of it. Uh, there's a national balloon shortage, so I have to. Wow. Uh, yeah, it turns out that all the companies that made rubber gloves also made the balloon animals. Whoa. That's wow. Crazy. And so right now the the rubber is more important for PPE. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it should be, but you know, I mean, not I, to you, yeah. but to the companies, <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah, like people aren't buying as much PPE PPE as they things are kind of going back to normal but yeah. like we're all the balloon twisters are kind of fighting over what's available so you know it, it it's kind of limiting it forces people to use what they have and um so i've been kind of going back to my roots and doing more simpler designs and seeing what i can come up with with the balloons i have you come up with some really crazy and really uh, original concepts with your with your balloons recently. Oh yeah, uh, the cordless drill was uh, someone was like, "Hey, my dad's a construction worker. Can you make him a cordless drill?" And wow. I was like, I- "I'll try." And someone wanted the baseball bit was something I I bought a tutorial for it. A long time ago and i thought it would be cool for me to at least try it out because i got a lot of stuff that i haven't even be tried to learn so um you know right now i'm just kind of i'm just kind of getting back into like twisting more and people want like sculptures and stuff like that people have been hitting me up in the dms it's like hey can you make me this rocket ship or stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) is that a rocket ship in your pocket paul are you happy to see me both (laughs) (laughs) that's a good Uh, time to uh, cut to a little intro what is up ladies and gentlemen i am funky sad medina and i'm athena rodriguez welcome to hypothetical comedy the podcast we are going to just sit (laughs) here and talk to some people and have a good time and today, our first guest is none other than magician, comedian, and swell guy, Paul Kilmer. How's it going, Paul? I'm okay. Thank you for asking. Hell yeah. You're better than okay, Paul. You're fantastic. I'm doing my best. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you are. Uh, so, Paul, uh, what's new in your life besides the new balloons you're doing? Um, just... Uh... You know, booking gigs, summer camps, uh, doing my magic shows, uh, trying to get out, get get out there as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, everything is everything's looking good. I mean, um, I still have my job at the theater. Um, still very much, you know, writing every day, trying to make sure the things I uh, say are funny. And because I think as a comedian, at least the things that you should sh- say should be funny. Yeah, you're one of those rare comedians where almost anything you say is funny. I, I don't know about that, but I'll take the compliment. <laughs> the Paul, uh, so you're a magician, you're a comedian. How long have you been doing magician and comedianing? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I started 
playing around with the deck of cards when I was like nine. And I did my first paid magic show when I was uh, 14. And I've kind of just been going ever since. And um, I primarily make most of my money performing kids magic shows. But about three or four years ago, I started doing stand up comedy. And then about two years ago, during the pandemic, I started to combine my magic and comedy together to create a unique act that is uh, uh, something that kind of caught on, especially in the Zoom sphere during the pandemic. I know that's where I met you uh, and the immortal Nico Lukoff. Um, he introduced us. Um, but yeah, I just, I kind of carried my combi magic through Zoom into the real world and um, making people laugh is something that is really uh, fun and interesting to do because, um, you know, when you write a, when you come up with a concept and you write it down and then you try the concept and then you take it back to the drawing board and then like three or four months after you've got like a nice show piece that you know works you know it really it really makes me uh appreciate all the hard work everybody puts into their stand-up um, absolutely nice yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh you mentioned when nico nico introduced us and I do remember uh, he hit me up and he asked because we were doing it after after Mike Zoom hangout. And he's yeah. like, hey, there's this magician. He's really cool. His name is Paul Kilmer. Can I invite him over? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, because it's like anybody's welcome. It's a safe place. Come hang out. One, one, all, you know, a friend of mine is a friend of like, a friend of a friend is a friend of mine. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean, Paul. But like yeah. friends of friends and everybody's were all good friends and stuff. And so you came in. And you were still on. I think maybe you had just done a mic and you were still raring to go. And you're like, hey, you guys want to see a magic trick? And you just did like all this magic. And like within a few minutes after meeting you, you just definitely won my heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I, I always tell people the one thing I'm really good at is luring people into a false sense of security. Uh, I'm really good at that. Um, uh, I think that. I try to be as nice as I can to people because you never know what kind of day they're having. I try to support people as much as I can. Um, you know, it isn't my place to tell people what to do or what to think. I just feel that me being nice is just who I am generally. Like I, it's not my place to tell other comedians how to do their comedy it's just not my style to put people down. I'm terrible at roast battles because I end up, I end up like, I'm just not, I'm not good that way. I'm not, <laughs> too I'm, nice. not I'm not, I'm like, I'm not mean. Um, I mean, sometimes my jokes get, might get a little dark, but yeah, I try to be as like, I try to be as nice as I can, you know, um, because I come from like a children's uh, entertainer background. And uh, when you perform for a paying audience, they don't get 
you know, they don't want to go to a place and be, be verbally accosted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They've spent all week working and now they're getting blasted by some yeah. dude in a hoodie. Uh, you know, because they decided they wanted to go out and enjoy a Friday night. And that's just not who I am. You know, um, I, I was working at a comedy club and part of my job was seating people. Yeah. And you'd be surprised by the number of people who were going to get in the front seats who said, no, thank you. Put me closer to the back. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, wait, these are the best seats in the house. People would kill for these seats. And they're like, nope, I don't want to get made fun of. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. And like, like I said, it isn't my place to tell. It isn't my place. But I love doing crowd work. And I've noticed that the difference between my crowd work and how other comedians do it. Um, I, like I said, it isn't my place to tell other comedians what to do or like, but I, I try to become friends with my audience. It's, it's a lot easier to sell. I see, I don't come from it from like a pure stand-up background. I like to entertain people. And that's how I get booked. People book me because I'm entertaining. Mm -hmm. And if you go out there and listen, some, some people are just very good at it. Some that is their thing and they're, they're good at it. I just, I can't, I guess what I'm saying is it's like, if uh, just, I'll even take this, for example, I don't really swear during my act. Right. Because I don't swear in my everyday life, it's not that I don't, I have never swore or I don't use um, sentence enhancers. <laughs> um, but for me to go up there and start like being really dirty and really like, it's just, just not who I am. If anything, the audience would probably pick up that it's like, oh, this guy's like a sweetheart. Why is he all of a sudden? Now a douchebag. <laughs> maybe you know. If you, maybe if you slicked your hair back. Oh yeah. Yeah. And wore a leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to copy any comedian <laughs> from the eighties, but um, but you know my my whole thing about it is, is that <laughs> I try to be as nice as I can to people. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm not like one. You, it doesn't even feel like ahead. you're trying, Paul. You're just like a nice soul. You're just a nice person. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I never <laughs> my favorite thing is when I first doing Zoom, do Zoom comedy. I had only been I had the fortunate I had, I was fortunate to start live comedy and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I had already I already had a set because I wanted to see if I could do comedy without the magic for the first like three, four months. Mm -hmm. So I had a really nice set or at least I thought I did. And uh, uh, a comedian who, sh who shall not be named, you know who I'm talking about, uh, who was in a lot of Zoom mics, decided that he wanted to give everyone uh, notes on the <laughs> show. And I'm like, it's like, oh, you should take it down there. It's like, I'm just going to do, I don't mind taking a tag. I'll take a tag all day. But it, why are you sitting there with a pen and paper, like dismantling my my act? It's like, 
you know, it's like, you're so, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm <laughs> being too critical, but it's just like, leave my jokes alone. You know? Yeah, we should get that leave Britney guy alone. Leave false jokes alone. <laughs> oh, wow. That's old. I haven't heard yeah. that in a long time. Well, you, and, know, uh, you know me with those with those relevant uh, topical references. Yeah. Paul, Paul so do you, have you noticed after being in the comedy world for a while, have you noticed like uh, a parallel between both? being a, a children's entertainer and being a comedian? Like, how do they uh, help each other on, on both platforms? Well, it's interesting because your audience doesn't necessarily understand what your job is. If, uh, if, uh, if a, an average person goes to a comedy show, their, their understanding of what a comedy comedian is is a person that's supposed to make me laugh. Uh, the same thing with a kid's magician. Um, th- the title is misleading. Um, my job is to entertain people. So they're paying me a premium because I have a skill that they don't. And what <laughs> ends up happening, no, yeah. What ends up happening is, is that I have the ability to perform for, um, three to 400 kids. I have the ability to perform for 20 kids, a nursing home full of people. Um, These companies are having me come in. I'm getting paid for what I do. And most of my work is through referrals. And I guess how that correlates is um, you should be able to do the thing that they're paying you for. So when I go and do a comedy show, I make I make it very clear that I am a I am a comedy magician. I am a magician and I'm a comedian. And that's what you're uh, paying me for. And the parallels are, are this. If you can entertain a group of five year olds for more than 30 minutes, you can get up on stage and entertain a group of adults for that same amount of time. Hell because yeah. no one's going to hurt you more than an honest five-year-old. <laughs> if that, if that, if, if, if you do well, uh, they'll come up and tell you, but oh my God, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't do well, uh, well, I don't care what day you're having. And like, here's the, here's the thing, <laughs> uh, like, like you go to a comedy show and, you know, either you're on the bill or you're the feature, the headliner. Uh, these parents are paying me like, because uh, I live in Connecticut, these parents are paying me a decent amount of money. So I get there, do my show and make balloon animals. I've never had a parent come up to me and demand their money back. So I, I, guess, I guess for me, it's more or less, I know what it's like to be paid for uh, a service and uh there are two parts to comedy there's there's the writing and then there's the uh stage time mm-hmm. so basically what ends up happening is is that you can go to an open mic and bomb not realizing that you can't really bomb in an open mic because most people don't know the difference between an open mic and a show a lot of people don't know the difference between a cabaret show. A lot of people don't know the difference between a variety show. 
A lot of people don't know the difference between a comedian and a variety act. Because if you go and look at 90% of magicians out there, they're making their audience laugh throughout the entire show using their magic as a, a medium to do that. That's great. So what it is, is that it's it, it's in the mind of the audience. It's, it's, it's all the same thing. Only comedians care about uh, comedy. And only magicians care about magic. What, what I mean is comedians scrutinize the minutia, which is, oh man, I went to this open mic and no one laughed. I mean, like you're in a group of people who are comedians. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. You know, if you get a, hey, that's nice. Or yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really great. Now, because I, I, often, I often tell people like, hey, when you're on a show, you can make your audience laugh. It's like, yeah. And I can't make people laugh at an open mic. And it's like, well, if I go to a magic conference and do a magic trick, <laughs> because they know they know how it's done. So <laughs> it's understanding entertainment and the 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 ideas. When I go up on stage, I don't always get billed as a comedian. I get billed as a we have a magician and you know, it's, you gotta know, you, you gotta know what you're doing. You, you know, when I'm on a bill with other magicians, I go through my app with a fine tooth comb. So I don't do something that another magician is doing. Wow. So like, like uh, comedians, you know, you know, our material is everything. So, you know, being able to workshop those ideas are perfect. That's where like you guys have your zoom open mic and um, open mics. Not a lot of people can get out to mics. I mean, I don't drive. So, you know, I, every single thing that I developed on zoom works in real life. So like, good, um, which is interesting. Um, but um, yeah, it, it correlates the fact that I was an entertainer uh, before I took up the mantle of like a stand-up comedian. I've been in front of an audience before, That's awesome. uh, sometimes a hostile audience oh, because wow. there's, there's nothing like a group of five-year-olds right after cake. Oh, dang. And there's a bounce house <laughs> between, outside. Are you between cake? A, are you after kicking before presents? <laughs> uh, well, now I'm smart enough to ask the parents to let me go on before cake. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't follow cake. Yeah, it, it's 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 not just cake. It's uh, cake. I see fruit punch, cupcakes, ice cream cake. There's a bounce house outside. There's a splash pad. They have you at everything. <laughs> um, Parents will do anything for their kids. And um, I try to kind of guide like uh, it's it's like when I go to a comedy show, it's like, oh, man, I have a stool and a case. Would you like me to bring my case? You, you know, I, I, I'm always asking questions. I, I like to get there, scout out the location. Where am I entering from? Where is the host leaving? Um how far am yeah. I away from the audience? Am I going to burn them by accident? Maybe oh, I shouldn't do. Maybe I shouldn't do this routine. Um, I very much do all my comedy magic on the fly. 
So I think that comes from my ability to riff. Oh, dang. Paul, have you ever been on a comedy show where they uh, introduced you as a magician and you didn't have your tricks? Or do you always have like a trick up your sleeve? Um, yes and no. Because um, I mean, when I do comedy, I'm either doing all comedy or comedy magic. There have been times where people in the audience have gotten confused because they know me as a magician. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I didn't know you also did stand up comedy. So now I always have a couple of tricks on me to every every performance for every performance for me is uh, uh, something that I learned a long time ago is every time you have the ability to get up on a stage, it's like um, a commercial for what you're trying to sell. So when I get when I get booked on a comedy show, I get five minutes to grab new fans. Yeah. Um, That's an incredible way to look at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because basically, um, you know, I, like, uh, like I've been looking into merch and, you know, how to sell it and, you know, and I look at different business models. If people like you, they'll buy your stuff. And that's you know, that's kind of like my, my theory is, is that like, you can have like a, like a funny quote or saying, but you're essentially selling you and Mm -hmm. especially, uh, comedians, they're selling their persona, their image. Um, uh, comedy magic is sort of the same, uh, in the fact that for some reason, um, I just happen to have cool shirts. People make me, um, you know, well, it's interesting because it's (laughs) like, um, I just, you know, Brianna Woodward, she does most of my design stuff. She does amazing work. Amazing. Uh, you, you do designs, uh, Abigail, uh, Nolan does amazing Mm -hmm. designs. Uh, Nicole Aguilar, she's a new England uh, person she does a lot of dress graphic design for me but I have a lot of like Paul fan art that people just shoot me like uh our good mutual friend uh Kirk, <laughs> Kirk Stard, likes to, has an entire line of Paul related uh advertisements that I plan on making into a series of calendars that that's wonderful um so Every couple of weeks when I get a paycheck, I commission someone to um, make me a new piece of art. And, you know, um, and I always, and uh, 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 just another idea, um, as a magician, you're always encouraged to film your set uh, Mm -hmm. so you can go back and make adjustments so mm-hmm. i've been filming all of my sets and going back and looking them and see where oh. i getting uh am i getting a pop here do i need to go back and like rewrite this Wh- what's my yeah. what's my verbiage and it's good practice for comedians too yeah yeah and you know because i hate, I hate watching it <laughs> well, that's actually normal because 
uh, people are their own worst critics. So, you know, regardless, there are people out there who can like destroy a set and they'll just be, it's like, Oh, I, I don't think I did well. And you're just looking at them and like, who are you? What, (laughs) (laughs) what is happening? I know. Right. Like everybody always wants, you know, you know, you know, it's interesting comedy in like magic. It's kind of like the law of diminishing returns that once you do your first trick, all the other tricks start kind of like, because you can only surprise a audience so many times before they get desensitized. Um, That's what I love about doing comedy because it's like an average set could be from five to 10 minutes and then it's on to the next one. Um, So it keeps, it keeps it fresh. You don't necessarily have to write a new set. You can just, it, it reminds me of like, um all the like past comedy geniuses like they had to start someone some they had to like have a bad set yeah like you know i can't you you don't imagine these people like every time they killed but you don't imagine it's like oh you know they started in a bar somewhere yep and that's how i look at it that's that's really funny because of my next thing I was when I was thinking you mentioned because you've been doing magic for a very very long time. What is the craziest, or maybe even a couple of the craziest? Uh, what's the craziest place you've ever done magic? Uh, at an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my gosh! An abandoned Whoa. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Were you digging I, I for the uh, mechanical animals? I need to set this up. Though some of them were ripped out. This thing had been oh abandoned. For a long time. <laughs> oh, oh my there were a couple. Um, so I had a friend <laughs> in college who had a punk rock band, and their thing was they broke into like places and they put on. <laughs> a, and it was like, oh, we found this abandoned Chuck E. Cheese's. It's funny because in the '90s, this place was an abandoned Chuck. Uh, was a Chuck E. Cheese, and it was abandoned. And now it is a new Chuck E. Cheese that they redid. <laughs> wow. So, but a lot of people don't know that most for that like five year for that 10 year span that it wasn't a Chuck E. Cheese. Almost people just sold drugs in it. And uh, there was one punk rock show that the police shut down. Luckily, oh, I did my set and I left. But um, it's that's kind of one of my favorite gigs is, is that it was like a legit punk rock show it's like people weren't necessarily sure that they would be there and they definitely should not have been no one had no one it was an abandoned building and they broke in and i did a magic show there and that's that's one of my favorite stories um i did a uh right uh, right out of the gate for the pandemic a lot of people wanted entertainment at their like barbecues and picnics and I legit did a whole kids magic show in a field what? next to a lake. Oh, that sounds so pretty. It was That's just terrible. uh it was just a it was just a field and I brought my little canopy and I did a show and I could I could said it's like I performed an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese in a field <laughs> and I'm pretty happy. Yeah, those are some pretty good accomplishments. I like it. You can put that on your resume. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Broke <laughs> into a Chuck E. Cheese and did illegal magic. So. <laughs> I like that that's what that punk band's thing was to break into places. Right. To, because they don't want to conform to getting a building that's, you know, a traditional way. They want to do it the yeah, punk rock style. They were. I, they were like cop. They were poor college students who couldn't couldn't afford to get a real venue. Yeah, so make it like, work somehow, right? It was DIY. punk rock. It was the most punk rock thing yeah. that had ever um, I had ever been a part of. It's just it was like the antithesis of punk rock, right there. Is like, like rock squared. They and it's like that was the one I did. They broke into like <laughs> like. We're most of it was like abandoned factories. We got a lot of them in New England. Um, but any abandoned place was, and of course, someone the the police. This was like in like uh, that it was a Chuck E. Cheese, so it was in like a dilapidated like um strip mall. (laughs) I don't know how long they thought their show was gonna be, but there is definitely a security guard that they paid. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I did my set. I left, they gave me 20 bucks, which I thought was good for a punk rock show. And then I basically went back to Plainville, but yeah, the cops were called. (laughs) Well, for sake of the story, let's just say they allegedly played the security guard. (laughs) I don't know. It was like 15 years ago. Security guard is like, they didn't pay me. <laughs> they just gave me a free beer. They refurbished that building and now it's a brand new Chuck E. Cheese. And have you creepy. have you been there since? Uh, no, I, I, a couple of families have wanted me to do balloons there, but they don't uh, play. They don't play well with other vendors. They just want their stuff. They don't want. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese won't let you come in and do your shows there. Yeah, even if the parents are paying me. Wow. And you know, it's like it makes sense though because you take away from the entertainment that they want people to spend their money on. Yeah, and terrible pizza. That's like saying (laughs) that's like going to a bar and being like, "Well, can I just can I bring my own beer?" You know. Yeah. Just. Just go to the liquor store, get yourself a, a forty but forty pack, and it's like, oh, this is much cheaper. Just, go, <laughs> just sit at the bar and just drink your forty pack. <laughs> I wonder if you could get away with that. Someone will notice, but it's like yeah, the first couple no. of beers, you're just sitting there at the bar. If it's busy, no one's paying attention. You're just pulling <laughs> beers out of your pocket, just refilling right? a cup. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like you have a full cup every time. That'd be yeah. incredible. That'd be incredible. So I don't know. So you grew up doing magic. Uh, what was it that made you decide to start doing comedy to kind of cross cross that line, if you will? So basically, there for me, there wasn't really a line. It was kind of I did one thing that was like a magic trick and people really enjoyed it. So I started adding more like stunts to my comedy. And then I started like integrating uh, comedy into my magic and then I started writing my jokes around the tricks that I had wow. and then uh, Zoom happened and uh, uh, there are certain tricks that lend well to uh, uh, Zoom and so 
you know, a lot of times what ends up happening is, is that like, none of us had anything to do. Everybody was working remotely, you know, <laughs> I remember in the beginning of zoom, everybody was just kind of doing a set from their car, just driving. <laughs> <on the road. laughs> yep. The good old days I remember that. when there was not yeah. very many cars on the road. Yeah. And, uh, and it, and it's funny because, um, that became a rule at a lot of like shows. Um, it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't want you driving around doing your set. And it was, and it's like, you could tell who, you know, it's like those comedians just kind of disappeared. The car comedians. Yeah. And, yeah. We still have a, few. a lot of the people from displaced comedians are going on to like, work at like broadway comedy club yeah. flappers you know i mean I, i'm getting i'm getting into places that you know people have seen me on so it's like oh why don't you come here and i'm like okay well i hope you guys have a travel budget because i'm on all the way across the country but we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah you know, it's like no, oh we have true. an airbnb yeah airbnb is a gross <laughs> Uh, Airbnb is gross. Like we we did Airbnb one time uh, before the pandemic. We went to LA, it was so and awkward. it was awkward because like the house was really quiet and our voices were kind of echoey a little bit, and you know, yeah, like the floor creaks. So it's like we're trying to be as quiet as possible in this in this person's house, and it's like we just and we come back at like one o'clock in the morning, a little bit buzz. Well, me at least. And like, you know, we're just in this house trying to be quiet. And it's just, it's, it's awkward. It's it crazy. It felt like we we're sneaking into it our really house. Did. It felt like we were sneaking in. <laughs> and uh, I said hotels from now on because Airbnbs are awkward and weird. Yeah. You know, for me is, is that like um, people like the comedy magic. So I do get requests to come out to places and. I try to make it. I recently, a couple of weeks ago, did my first show in New York. I hope to get some more shows in New York. Um, That's awesome. You know, and it was so funny going on the train and my brother, he came to film it and he brought his friend, Tony. And um, it really made me feel good to see it. Like, cause my brother is very hard to make laugh mm. and you know, um, he had a really good time and, or at least see, that's what he told me. And, uh, <laughs> and he then, told uh, you the truth, you know, and we, 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 you know, it's so funny because when we left the train station, we went to the bathroom at McDonald's. And when we got to the train station, we ate at McDonald's. Oh, wow. And it was an amazing McDonald's cause it was spotless. It was right next to the New York uh, Port Authority, and there were there were no registers. You had paid on a kiosk in the middle of the McDonald's, and they brought it out to you within like five minutes. And this was the wow. most beautiful Big Mac I had ever seen. It was perfect. Did it look like the commercials? Like the commercials. <laughs> and the nice. Were hot and crispy and the wow. Coke. There's always a McDonald's that the Coke doesn't taste right. It tastes yeah. weird. And everything was great. And I was like, I couldn't stop talking about how awesome <laughs> McDonald's you know what, in New York. Are. You know what and, they should uh, do, Paul? Sorry to interrupt you. You know what they should do is they should send all the McDonald's employees to that store to train. Yeah. <laughs> but it's have so that standard everywhere. 
because I walked up to order and she's like, no, no, no. You just order from there and we'll bring it right out. There were 15 people working in the back. They were busting out fries. No one was waiting. Everybody was just cool, calm, and relaxed. That's not how New England is. It's like, my food that's going to take me a half an hour and your ice cream machine was broken. They had two ice cream machines that were working. And I was like, where am I? Where am I? It's like you went to McDonald's heaven. Yeah. No, seriously. (laughs) uh, A big shout out to the McDonald's next to the Port Authority in New York. (laughs) Yeah, you're the real MVP, McDonald's. I like it. That one, that McDonald's. (laughs) I had a friend who worked at McDonald's a couple of years ago, and they were like, yeah, we just tell people the ice cream machine is broken because most of the employees don't know how to use it. And I'm like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all had a job. (laughs) Right. We've We've all all not wanted to do our job. Like, I'm sure when I used to work at CVS, I told people the photo machine was broken when it wasn't. I don't want to make your film. I don't want to process your film. Go away. Uh, So, like, you you know as well as I do that working at, I worked at Walgreens like 15 years ago in the photo department. Me too. And people people would come in with their disposable cameras. And the thing at the time was, is when you were having weddings, you would put like five on a table. And Walgreens was running this deal where you got uh, duplicate photos and you had Johnny in the bathroom taking a, who's five, taking pictures of all the urinals and like (laughs) the corner. And he found the sweet spider (laughs) and thank God that they hired a professional photographer because whoever thought that was cool needs to <laughs> you don't need you don't you don't need 150 copies of like your cousin with a thumb obscuring half the picture you know yeah no it's true you don't that but then people photo. get drunk people get drunk and, right? they get drunk and they act stupid you know you know and it was always you can always tell like the little kids because the, the photos were always uh, like, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yep, they, they, uh, I hope it was worth it to them. Um, yeah, I've seen just, some, uh, recently at my job movies. at the movie theater, someone got their car repossessed. Oh, dang. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like there. a customer or an employee? Yeah. It was such a weird situation because. When people run down the hallway and out of the building, there's usually like some kind of like emergency and I'm just sitting there ripping tickets and it was particularly slow. And this lady comes sprinting down the hallway like an Olympian and out of the building. And apparently she had an app on her phone that told her that when her car was getting repossessed and it happened right at the movie theater. And then she comes in and starts yelling at me like I can do anything Uh, about it. Oh, wow. How would they find her at the movie theater? I don't know. I just told her, it's like, I don't think that there's anything I can do to help you. Your car is gone. Right. That's not your fault that she didn't pay her car bill. 
How do I they no find idea. you? The I don't know how they find you at the movie theater. Dang. Maybe so they were following her. There, she, there was an app. And I guess she paid her bill through the app. And the app sent her an email that her car is getting repossessed right then. They found her. Because oh, I guess there's wow. like some kind of weird tracking thing in her car. Wow. And I said to myself, I've not seen a person run that fast in a long time. And the crazy and part is that it's like there's nothing you can do about this situation. And I'm like, <laughs> what? probably what not. I don't appreciate your uh she must have confused my autism with sarcasm. But it's like <laughs> I, I mean, don't appreciate sounds... your sarcasm, and I'm like, I'm just trying to process her running out of the theater as fast as she can. I like it's like, how am I going to get home? I'm like, well, <coughs> Uber, Lyft. Right. Call, like, call your friend. Call your parents. You're like, you know, she just thought I was making fun of her. And <coughs> you're I like, I just thought that I thought you didn't like the ending of Cars 3. <laughs> I thought she was running out of Cars 3. Oh no, she can't. Uh, what did she come out of? <laughs> oh, you know what movie uh, she, she was at? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, she probably she was down the hallway, so it was one on the way. She might have been in Doctor Strange. Oh wow! But yeah, she booked it. I, I, I was watching her, and I was like, she doesn't look like she needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Nothing's oh, dripping. Like because my my manager was standing there, and my manager was trying to like de-escalate the situation but you know me i just will answer your question because i don't know you don't want an answer to it he's <laughs> like oh, stop answering questions <laughs> and I'm like, Why? stop answering questions not, not knowledge is power well, no our attorney um, is not present <laughs> well it's interesting because it's people it's like you know as well as i do you you know you you you, you still work in the uh call center yeah uh, Sam? yeah kind of sort of but from home but yes people people have got like i can see you just trying to get people to do basic computer stuff like and hit the shift key what's the shift key <laughs> <laughs> i can see you i can see that oh i'm not an it i'm not an it it, you know but being trying to mean like, though yeah, I know what you mean, though. Athena, you um, used to work in a call center, too, right? Yep. But you must have some stories. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like I was uh, more the clueless one because it was a completely different career than I'd ever been. So yeah. I was constantly confused. But I did have fun things like uh, somebody was all, oh, your name is Athena? There's a, a song named Athena by The Who at a mall. I've never heard of it before. And this song is like horrible. I listened to it. It's like uh, being with her is like being in an acid bath full of glass, broken glass. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, warms my heart. Right? I'm just like her. The ego went down is what I'm saying. <laughs> I did I get that song to you. Thanks. Athena by the Who. We should oh, make that the song of the week. Where's Kirk? He loves music. Um, I think he's probably either at home or at work. 
Or maybe in between one or the other. Maybe he's wondering he's gonna where gonna be here next. Going. Maybe he's that. asking where Paul is. Yeah. I doubt that. But um uh are you, is he gonna be the next guest? Ooh. Um I don't know. We're, we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. He we're gonna does take it, know. He's just take saying it, he does. We're gonna it. take it one day at a time, you know? We might just uh make you the next guest too. Oh dang. Wait a minute. I, I, Okay. <laughs> Paul just part kidding. two. Yeah, we'll have Paul part two be like um the conclusion. Like Paul, <laughs> what happened when <laughs> you went to the movie theater and Cars Three came out? Well, okay, so Paul, you you went to New York, right? You yeah. You Is there a place that you haven't performed yet that you really want to? Ooh, I want to yeah. come out to the West Coast because I have a lot of people who want to put me on shows. Yeah. And it's just getting out there. It's like I can't yeah. find anybody willing to pay the, tra- <laughs> the travel. You will, though. You will someday. Somebody will sponsor you. Well, you we've know. got a spot for you and Tracy if yeah. you want to <laughs> let you perform in our garage. We're like the in between, the Bay Area scene and the LA scene. Kind of. Yeah, ish. Yeah, you and uh, MC Hammer, right? <laughs> Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. I battled him for supremacy of Tracy California. True. <laughs> I kind of took that joke out of my stuff. I don't know. It just I don't really I know. like it. Yeah. Everybody knows MC Hammer. McHammer. McHammer. <laughs> that was in our full house episode. He said McHammer. Danny Tanner said it. Oh, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Danny Tanner. Yeah. So do you have anything exciting coming up, Paul? Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, I have a couple of shows in Cape Cod. Uh, coming up, oh, uh, that's cool. Exact dates for those. Mm. And are you uh, uh, are you booked on anything with Tyler uh, Roderick? He's out in that area. No, I should ask him though. <laughs> yeah, at least ask him to say hi if you want to. He's out in that area. Oh yeah, and uh, that was dope. I liked it. Well, oh, this is an audio the podcast. Trick you just did. If you do any magic <laughs> tricks, they have to be verbal. Okay. Wait, what? This is an audio podcast. If he does any magic, it has to be verbal. What? Only verbal magic acceptable. (gasps) What would be verbal magic? Jokes. Oh, dang. You're right. Is it? Is it? Is that verbal magic? I accept that as an answer. I accept it. I'll accept it too. Um, Athena, you were on a show, or is it was it yesterday or today? You, I saw you had a show coming up. Oh, Vikings! Yeah. Oh my god, that was so crazy. We did Paul. that on Friday. It was really fun. It was at a, a, a motorcycle club. Nice. It was such a cool experience, and then the crowd was so nice, and they had nice people there. And they were funny. Yeah, and they were really like it was a really good crowd. It was like they were really like just good, happy to laugh and have a good time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and then <laughs> and then the booker said that it was four twenty friendly, <laughs> and Sam's all getting ready to like you know four twenty, <laughs> and I'm all there's two kids in here. <laughs> oh yeah, they had kids there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should tell him that joke you said. Oh, I did this rant joke in the beginning where I said, um, uh, when I heard this place was 420 friendly, uh, it reminded me of another place that I was that somebody told me was 420 friendly. And I said, is it 420 friendly inside 
And they said, no, only outside. And I was like, every place is 420 from the outside. (laughs) And then I'm like, I bet it's crack friendly too if I go behind the dumpster. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And I can tell it again because I, you know, I said in a way where it's talking about a a place where I was in the past. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. It was fun though. We had a good time. Oh, I was also very, very happy that I only sweated a little. Like that, that feels like a triumph for me personally. Yeah, Rebecca, she, she, we don't go places because she sweats sometimes. I don't uh, appreciate it. Uh, well, sometimes. I hate being all sweaty. I, like, <laughs> I swear, I sweat every time I'm on stage. And then people who I perform with, they'll send me pictures of me on stage. And I'm just glistening so hard. And I'm always making a face. <laughs> you got to lean into it. Just gotta, yeah, like, she has a joke that says make direct eye contact. <laughs> she has jokes about sweating. She likes it. It's her I favorite. Do. It's her favorite. I want to get sweatbands as merch. I feel like that's on brand for me. Oh yeah, you should get a sweatband that says I like sweating. Oh yeah. That's good. You should get one that says my cat hates me. Oh my god. Ouch, Paul. No, I should get one. I should get one. Oh, no, because I'm talking about Gizmo. Me. I know she does, but it was just too real for me. She loves me, but she loves me (laughs) like around feeding time. She loves me. Yeah, I'm her favorite person. That's where we get affection. That's when we get the most affection of our day is around feeding time. (laughs) Um, About an hour before feeding time, up to the point where we feed her, she loves us the most. It actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, is Taco affectionate? We didn't talk about Taco at all. Oh yeah, yeah, he's doing good. Uh, he he's recovered from his dental surgery and oh, he had okay. dental surgery. Oh yeah, he got yeah he had a tooth pulled. Um, oh, no more tacos for him. Maybe you can uh, explain to me why uh, his vet bill was one thousand three hundred and seventy dollars oh. for oh. one tooth. The the answer and, uh, is that I should have been a vet. <laughs> And it's like I'm not knocking it. I'm I'm not knocking it. It just seems like if I got hurt, like I'd probably be paying like $150. And it's like it kind of made me feel bad that like my vet's bills were more oh, wow. than my bills. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do animals have guess- insurance? Do they yeah. have insurance? No, yeah, animals do. You can get pet insurance and it helps. Yeah, they do. It's true. No, they oh, yeah, you can wow. get pet insurance. We should look into yeah. that. You should um <laughs> you should get a video of Taco eating a taco and saying that he's a cannibal cat. That'd be crazy. Yeah, he will see if he won't. He'll just sniff the taco and walk away. Oh, you tried? <laughs> That uh, we've tried with other things because he'll beg for human food and then like we'll give him some and then he'll just kind of walk away what a like he wanted he, he wanted to see if he <laughs> to him and that's it like he, oh, i'll trick he, the humans into giving me food i reject your food <laughs> <laughs> is it all people food or is there things he'll eat <laughs> he loves chicharrones oh yeah oh, i can wow. see that he loves pork like honestly, I can open up a bag of pork rinds anywhere in the apartment, and all you hear is swoop. 
you know, you see, <laughs> like that scene in Tyler's place where he's running across the room. You, you can't see him, but you know he's there. Yeah, Giz- Gizmo yeah. loves like chicken and tuna and egg and but all she kinds also of oddly has a sweet Yeah. That's normal for a cat. Taco likes to like pull uh the bread out of the cabinet, pull the bread out and just <gasps> the middle of the bread and then leave oh the rest God. of the bread. <laughs> he my just rips open the bag. Oh my my old cat used to do that. Yeah, it's like, who are you? Like, it's it's like, <laughs> you know what they say? They don't come with a manual, but they do cause uh, a lot of damage in your apartment. I feel like that's the best part, though. So I agree. <laughs> I agree with Taco's. Um, well, behavior. Paul, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been super fun. As we wind down, do you have any social media you would like to plug? Uh, you could you could find me at, at Paul Kilmer. And I don't know how to use Instagram or Twitter, so at Paul Kilmer. Hell yeah. Oh, and I I I really recommend getting Paul's t-shirts because in a weird way, we always get compliments when we wear them and and nobody knows really who Paul is. Oh man, Paul, I don't remember where I was. (laughs) I was at some kind of social place event, and I got somebody stopped me and said, Does your shirt say Paul Mart? (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, I and i was like it does and they did not ask me why they didn't ask yeah. me they did not ask me who paul was they just wanted to know whether or not my shirt said paul mart yeah you and, say uh, paul mart? and then that was the end of the conversation i didn't have gone into actual walmart with a paul mart shirt on and <laughs> i ended up getting like free cereal <laughs> wow you know what's even worse than that is going into Walmart wearing a shirt that you bought at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel oh, weird. your Target joke is awesome. No, thank you. I always forget to tell that joke. I feel that joke. I always forget I to tell love it. that joke. Mm-hmm. When That's you why do I buy my shirts joke. at Walmart and not Target. Yeah. It does. Like, I love, I just, I, this is more of like i that's a it's a very well written joke and i think a lot of people can relate with it i really enjoy it mm-hmm. awesome well, i appreciate that paul i appreciate that i know Thank i can relate with it. yeah <laughs> me too i hella relate with it because i wrote it <laughs> thank you very much for being uh, our guest on this podcast it's been a lot of fun talking yeah. to you mr kilmer thank you paul no problem thanks sam um, Thanks hell yeah and then uh as far as we go you can find us uh, at hypothetical comedy on Instagram, uh, hype the comedy on Twitter, and hypothetical comedy and hypothetical comedy network on Facebook. Is that all? Yeah. Well, and at Funky Samadina on Instagram. At Funky Samadina across but the that's board. That's you. That's you. Whoa! Don't I'm, plug me. I'm Don't at- plug me. <laughs> Paul, she was trying to plug me. I just can't help it's myself. Isn't that a good thing? I don't know. Uh, I'm at She Shines for you. I'm going to plug myself. She's going to plug herself. I'm an independent woman. This is going up on OnlyFans <laughs> after we're done recording. <laughs> Athena plugs herself. <laughs> I, I, know I, I know we're ending the podcast, but do you notice how people aren't talking about OnlyFans a lot anymore? It's kind of, it's kind of lost its steam. Yeah. Has yeah, it? no one cares about uh, your, everybody forgot about like 
I'm sure it's as popular as ever, but you don't hear about it as much unless yeah, a politician is getting in trouble. <laughs> and with that said, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> How do I stop right. it? <laughs>